0: Welcome to the 10th episode of the Game Luster Podcast, Game Luster Podcast number 10. We have hit the double digits. I am your host, Trevor Speaking, editor in chief of the site, and I'm joined by writer Brennan, who's returning. Hi. And also, for the first time on one of our podcasts, I'm joined by our new writer, Austin Sither. Hello. Now, did I pronounce your last name correctly?
1: Uh, is soother, but I mean, you know, soother. Okay, it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't really matter.
0: Okay. And for the record, mine is Waylon, and I'm guessing Brendan yours is um uh De Elena. Ah, uh, Delina. Yeah. Delina. Okay. All it's right. Talented. So. Okay. Okay. Excellent. Sounds great. Last names sound good all around. But anyway, so so again, episode number ten game luster podcast 10 the big one zero um and we're gonna start here with currently playing and i want to give austin the honors here since he's a recent writer and he's a new guest on this podcast so austin you can kick us off by running us through all the wonderful games you've been playing lately if any which i hope there are somewhere else your first podcast bit would be very short which wouldn't <laughs> be fun
1: no, it wouldn't be. Yeah, um I'm playing three games right now. The first one, which I'm in the process of reviewing, is uh Kirby Star Allies. Which um it's it's actually really good. Um definitely play it co op because if you don't play it co op then it's just not gonna be as good by yourself. But even then it's still um pretty fun. I, I played most of it with uh friends and roommates and I've been having a blast so far. Um, the second game is a medieval which you're familiar with. Yes, yes. Um, very good game. It's on early access on Steam right now, and it's basically a uh, old school style FPS. Um, it's like Heretic or um, Blood or you know um the yeah Blood. any of those <laughs> yeah um and, and it's really good uh not. Too much content right now, although it gives you a pretty good preview. There's um, three levels, and I think they're having four more. Um, and there's like five different sections within those levels, so uh, it'll give you a good preview of the game. Um, a lot of weapons, really cool. The Star Torment, it's badass. <laughs> yeah, the mace thing. Yeah. Yeah, I love that thing. Um, and you can literally fire planets at guys, so that's yeah. pretty awesome. Um, the last one, which I just kind of unexpectedly started playing, is Sea of Thieves. Um, I, I I saw my brother playing it, and I decided to download the Xbox Game Pass, so it's a 14-day free trial just to, you know, give it a go, and I had an absolute blast last night, and then we got my, uh, since I'm home for the weekend, we got my dad to play with us, and it was... Mm-hmm. It was actually a really fun experience. I can see how, um, you know, it might get stale after a while, but, uh, just like Kirby, you know, if you have friends, then definitely play it. Um, we did some really crazy shit. <laughs> it was, it was really fun. And, um, don't play by yourself. Just don't do it.
0: Now, let's back up here a little bit. Back to Kirby Star Allies. Is that game set up like New Super Mario Brothers for Wii U was, where it's like, at any moment, someone can pick up a controller and jump in?
1: Yeah, it is. Um, there's three um, additional players, so four people total. Uh, I only had two Joy-Cons, so it's just been me and another person. But you can have four people at the same time, which I'd really like to try sometime. I think that'd be really fun and chaotic.
0: I'm sure it would be, but really, I'd like to have another, like, single player Kirby game. Like, uh, Kirby 64 or the Originals or Kirby Nightmare and Dreamland for the Game Boy Advance.
1: Yeah, Kirby what? 64 is actually my favorite Kirby game. Um, and, yeah. you know, it, it, it's kind of like that. You know, you, um, I mean, most Kirby games are pretty similar, I'd say. But, True. Um, you know, you have, like, the, different abilities and they can be modified uh in some ways it's a lot more like the um i forget the name of it but it's on the super nes um uh,
0: yeah i know it's like a i can't think of the name of that kirby one either I, but it's one it's like which is a shame because it's considered like the best kirby game yeah it is um, and i can't think of it now
1: it's a little before my time but i was playing it on the uh Snes Classic the other day, and and they're really similar, so um, which is good because they're both great games.
0: Now, of course, in Kirby sixty four, you can make the combo powers. Can you do that in this new one? You said it was like Kirby sixty four, so can you do the combo powers? Like you know, you could.
1: Yeah, yeah, you have this. um, You know, you have a base ability like fire, and then Mm -hmm. um, that can modify other powers so you have like the classic sword kirby um you can like shoot fire at the sword and they'll modify their power um or if you're the sword then you can have it modified by other teammates so it kind of works like that it's not like um i think my favorite one for kirby 64 was combining ice and electricity so you become a refrigerator yes Um. i was even thinking of that one (laughs) and the little
0: one where he rubs his head with something and then it turns his head on fire and he runs a while while burning yeah. And, and I, the lightsaber and the flame sword, there were a lot of great combos in that one. One of the reasons why I loved Kirby 64.
1: Exactly. Um it, it's it's not quite like that, but it, it kind of is. I think um you know, it, it's more so is, the, is it like amb- com-
0: yes. like combining? And I looked at that name, it was Kirby Superstar. Is that the one you were thinking of? Kirby yeah, that's Superstar? The one. Okay. And it sounds to me it's more like you have base traits like sword, fire, rock or whatever that you combine, rather than, like, in Kirby 64, it's, like, bomb spikes. It's kind of more specific things that leads to, like, the fridge.
1: And I think there's less abilities, but um, for what you have, I mean, with all the combinations, um, it's pretty good. And then later on, I think, on the 28th, they're going to be adding um, some more characters to play. So, you know, there's... There's bound to be more opportunities for some cool stuff to happen once I do that.
0: Now, when when we're talking about th- these kind of games, I, I reference I would rather it be single player because I remember like with New Super Mario Brothers for Wii U I I've really it just it doesn't feel like a very deep or involved game experience when I'm playing it and they're like even little grayed-out or flashing icons at the bottom representing the other three players and knowing that at any point another person can jump in, it makes it feel more shallow of a game experience. And it's one of the reasons why I didn't get the Kirby game on Wii that was similar like that and why I'm not too interested in this one. I would like a game where you there's a dedicated single-player mode or it really is just for one player. Like, to me, that would just feel, even on a Kirby platforming level... That would just feel richer, if you yeah. know what I mean.
1: Oh, yeah, I understand. Um, I mean, you can tell that this Kirby game is very much intended for co-op play rather than single-player. And, um, you know, like with Super Mario Odyssey, that's clearly a single-player game, even though they have the ability for another player to use Cappy, but, like, you know, that's not really necessary. Whereas in the new Kirby, you know, you're not going to have as much fun without people.
0: And that's why, again, I may not be too interested. Not that I'm not a people person, but, you know, like if you're talking Smash Brothers, it's one thing, but a new Kirby game. I like something, I don't know, like Kirby 64 again. But but anyway, Um, now the third game you mentioned, and I've actually been playing in medieval as well, and and we can wrap around back to that in a little bit, but I would like to talk about Sea of Thieves because my understanding of it is There's just, there's a lot of potential, but there's not a lot to do. And most of the things you do involve, like, chasing skull clouds and killing skeletons and getting loot. And, and there's just not enough to keep people interested for long. Now, what, what is your, what have you, like, what have you, I think the best way to ask this would be, like, just what have you done in that game when you've played it? Like, what all have you exactly, specifically done?
1: Yeah, um, Well, I I definitely see where you're coming from, Um, and it's basically just going after chests, um, killing skeleton bosses to, you know, you you get their skulls, and then you can turn in for more money. Um, The gameplay loop, just, it's about finding chests, getting those skulls, um, doing different contracts to get money so that you can buy cosmetics, which I can understand how some people won't like that. I really like cosmetics, so um, I don't know Mm -hmm. why. But, you know, it it appeals to me. Um, As far as what I've done, you know, we we take on those contracts. um, Basically, whatever happens, happens. Like, you know, I was playing with my brother and my dad, and um, we found a player ship, and we just decided to, like, go after it. So I was driving, and the player ship rammed into us, Um, we basically collided and Mm -hmm. (laughs) it was hilarious. We, uh, we almost both of the ships sank and we found this guy swimming with a chest. So we went after him and killed him, took his chest. And then Mm -hmm. my dad was stranded on a rock for like 30 minutes with the chest guarding it while, like, you could see, um, enemy ships around. Uh, he was trying to hide from them and there's sharks in the water. And then my brother Uh and I had us, we had no clue where he was because you don't have, um, like a map on your person so we kind of had to use um context clues in the map to Mm -hmm. figure out where he was so that that took a while um (laughs) but uh we eventually we eventually found him and the chest actually gave us a lot of money and i think it's it's stories like those that kind of make the game really enjoyable but um it's dependent on you know if you have people with you i i actually played single player about Half an hour ago, and um, I find the sailing to be pretty fun, but it's clearly not as good with just one person
0: now you mentioned you talked briefly there on the map, so could you explain that again like it so does it does it not have like a standard map like Skyrim where you can just open it up and know where the people you're playing with are and and quest markers and stuff like because he referenced that you couldn't just like look on a map and see where your dad was at the moment. Am I yeah. correct?
1: Um players on their person don't have a map. They're in the ship itself, so my dad couldn't check and see where he was on the map. Okay. And um we couldn't tell, so we had to, you know, look at surrounding islands where he was at and then um you know, try our, try and find a way there. <laughs> um and then if you do um if you pick up quests, then you'll get like a little map with a small island that just kind of gives you an idea where it is. And you have to find that island on the big map in the ship. So, um, there is a world map, but you don't have access to it unless you're on your ship.
0: Now, like, so the maps are just on the ship. And, and I was thinking, well, it made me think of Salt, which is a game I've played recently. To do with pirates and sailing. um, You actually don't have a mini map. Or a a standard current day uh, game map. In that one at all. You have to find a sextant and a compass. And then you can use a sextant to find your heading. And then you can mark an island where you are. And you build a map from that. You actually start with a blank map. And salt. um, Again talking about salt. Not Sea of Thieves. But you start with a blank map. And you have no way of knowing where you are. Until you find the sextant. So I was thinking, well, maybe see if Thieves is like that. There's actually some, some kind of slightly more advanced mapping system than just an auto-map or a mini-map. But it, it's actually just the fact that the map is on the ship.
1: Yeah, and I mean, you don't have a sextant. Um, you do have a compass, which is okay. essential, but um, it doesn't sound as complex as salt. I've never played it personally.
0: Yeah, salts. It's um, it's a first-person game. I've I've only played it alone. You can't play with others, but I had fun playing it alone. And it is more like a CRPG. There's a lot of depth and meat to it. But I also wanted to ask. You were talking about skeletons, and then you mentioned sharks. And I have two questions on all that. One, are there any other monsters in the game? Or I could also ask, what is the monster variety like? And two, are you afraid of sharks? <laughs>
1: Um as far as other monsters um there's people because they're terrifying. True. Uh, <laughs> of course. And then there's the crack in which I have yet to come across, but um <laughs> it sounds I, terrifying.
0: Yes, I have heard of it.
1: And um what was the other question? Sorry. Are you
0: afraid of sharks?
1: Oh. Uh, I actually like sharks. Yeah. Um, I'm an animal lover all around us. As long as Well, I'm an animal
0: know, lover too. But I'm not an animal lover all around. There are some exceptions.
1: Growing up on the beach, you kind of just get used to it. Um, True. Jellyfish, on the other hand, I don't like them. They've stung me several times.
0: But do you, like, have a fear of jellyfish? Like, where if you saw a picture of a jellyfish, you would jump?
1: Oh, no. No. Okay. That's reserved for other things.
0: (laughs) See, that's how I am with sharks and other things. But that's why... I don't know if I could play Sea of Thieves because I I couldn't stand the idea. Big open bodies of water and creatures within that water, that that gets me. Um, I mean, like, I remember even in games like um, Zelda Majora's Mask or this opening of Tomb Raider Underworld or, um, what's it? I had another one in mind that I've I've lost now. Oh, I'm Soma. Soma.
1: I take it you're not a fan of... uh... Jaws then?
0: No, which I have seen. And I I have not seen Deep Blue Sea, nor do I intend to. But yeah, that that kind of stuff freaks me out. So the idea of the Kraken and the sharks and being stranded at open bodies of water, ugh, I might have to pass.
1: I understand that.
0: And I am, I'm scared of spiders too, and the funny thing is, in Salt, I actually haven't seen any sharks, but there are giant spiders that'll appear at night. And I was actually recording footage of the game for um another site, TechRaptor, and I, I needed to get footage of the spiders because I talked about them, but I could never get any footage because whenever I saw one, it was always at night, and I would just immediately turn and run away. So I, could, I couldn't find any footage to send the guy there of the spiders. It's like, well, here's a second of a spider at night that I quickly turn away from to match, you know, a minute where I talk about them. I guess just put it in slow motion, I don't know. But... That's I'm why ocean game
1: choice in games, right? now. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes. And and that's another reason. I mean, fear of things like that affects what you play. Like I could never, I would never play Skyrim VR because of the frostbite spiders. I couldn't do that. <laughs> oh, I could goodness. not handle that. I mean, I couldn't handle them in on a desktop monitor. I, there's no way I could handle them in VR. I mean, like I said, I might throw anything impressions even cartoony zo- zombies freak me out when they come up on me in VR, so I couldn't do that. I mean, and suffice it to say, like a shark cage VR thing, no, I, I can never do that.
1: Yeah, there's um, there's this one game that's kind of like Left for Dead with sharks, I guess, uh, four divers and like. Is it I depth? Yeah, it's depth. <laughs> don't play that either. See
0: the fun. The weirdest thing about that game. For some reason, Steam kept putting that game on my recommended list and on the little featured <laughs> slider bar at the top. It knows. <laughs> and I had no idea why, and it would get so ridiculous, like especially late at night, I would even think to myself, you know what, I bet that game's going to pop up next, and it would, and I'd be like, dang it, why did that have to happen so late too? And I actually had to go to the game page and like request it specifically to remove it from my list or whatever you do. Because it kept appearing, it would not stop and insisted on that game appearing. Like, I would open Steam and that wonderful picture of the shark would be right there.
1: That's great.
2: What if it's telling you to conquer your fears?
0: Well, I'll conquer my fears later. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. So anyway, um, speaking of fears then... You, you mentioned the Kraken. No other fearsome beast. You got skeletons. You got the worst monsters of all people. You got sharks. You got the Kraken. Anything else you've seen?
1: Um, they have, like, chickens and pigs and snakes. But um, those are definitely not <laughs> monsters. <laughs> Although the snakes will, like, spit poison at you, so that can be a little... Are they big
0: or just normal?
1: They're like cobras. They're not okay. giant snakes.
0: Okay, not... Not um, not basilisk then.
1: Yeah, I think um that covers pretty much every NPC in the game, as far as I know.
0: Now, as far as like I've read about the character creation, even I was disappointed that it's just a dice roll. You don't, you can't create your own custom character, really. Does that did that bother you at all that you're just choosing from pre selected characters?
1: Yeah, kind of. It took a while for me to pick somebody I wanted, but um, I mean. A big problem is that you can't change your hair color once you pick who you are, so that kind of uh, narrows down a lot of results. Um,
0: well, wait, so, well, I mean, like, you would just pick a character with the hair color you like, right? I mean...
1: Yeah, I mean, you pretty much have to find, if you're looking for a pirate, like, if you're looking for a fat pirate with a big beard and tattoos, then you might be looking for a while. And really? They, they are there. Um, and you can get even more picky, but it's going to take a while. You can also, like, in the wheel, the dice roller, mm-hmm. you can um, choose a favorite so that if you see some guy that you like but you're not really sure, then you can um, exclude that from re-rolling. So that's kind of cool, but I don't really see why they wouldn't just include a full character creator. I mean, it seems to me like the obvious thing that they would do, but they didn't.
0: Maybe they were just... I mean, in this age of, you know, added content for games, maybe it was something they just kicked down the line and thought, well, we'll add that in later in an update or a a DLC or or whatever, and I guess trying to just get this thing out the door. I mean, you never know. Maybe it was something like that, because it makes no sense that you wouldn't have just a full-on custom character creation in a game like this.
1: Yeah, I mean, in a game where it's basically do whatever you want, you should be able to also be whoever you want.
0: Yes. And and then like you you have like if you die as that character is it permadeath I know because what I'm thinking of here is if you want to change your character you have to start all over so I'm wondering how great is the penalty of starting over like if you wanted to try out a different character because it seems like this game just plops you down and you go so. Yeah. To me, like on face value, without a main quest or anything, there doesn't seem like there's much penalty if you do decide to start over.
1: Yeah, so you do have to delete your pirate if you want to do another character, and you'll lose all your money and cosmetics and stuff, as far as I know. Um, and then as far as death goes, it's not permadeath. You just kind of respawn. You you die and you go to like this ghostly ship and uh, it's mm. like 30 seconds so you just respawn back in your ship so death isn't really a penalty in this game um, I saw something saying that rare would add like if you die you would lose gold or something which I looked on reddit and a lot of people aren't very happy about that um, but I mean you know the penalty for death isn't too severe unless you have treasure on your ship in which case then you might be a little pissed but um, yeah otherwise it's it's like not really a big deal.
0: I guess you would go in a ship run, huh instead of yeah. a corpse run
1: <laughs> yes,
0: a ship swim, I guess <laughs> well now have you had you played many rareware or rare games before this one?
1: um it's been a long time i you know because
0: and, and why I'm asking is because I, I wanted to know like how much this feels like a rare game. Like when you first started playing this, and as you play it, does Sea of Thieves feel like it was made by Rare? Does it have that style?
1: Uh, you know, uh, kind of. But the rare today is extremely different from the rare. True. You know, like the Nintendo 64 era. Yeah. Um, it, it's not like super quirky that's up to you, you know, you can be, like, a serious pirate, there's not, like, any dialogue that's, um, substantial, not like, you know, Conker, or, um, I don't know, there's no reference to, like, the,
0: the pirate guy from Banjo-Kazooie or anything,
1: no, I can't even remember his name, um, I mean, there's, it can be goofy, but, and that's kind of, like, what I associate Rare with, um, um, you know, it, it's, it doesn't totally feel like them, but at the same time it does just because the art, you know, it's, is super cartoony, um, and yeah, you know, it, it's hard to say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that's a big, there are some big marks against the game so far for me then, you know, you got Sharks. It doesn't necessarily feel like rare. you got random character creation. Playing alone isn't necessarily fun. I might have to hold out on Sea of Thieves. I mean, maybe if we got, like, a game-luster crew dedicated to playing it, I might get it just to, because then I'd be playing with others. But I, I might have to pass, I mean, yeah, based on what can, I've uh, heard.
1: You can stay below deck the whole time, you know? Guard the yeah. ship. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, can you have parrots in that game, by the way? I'm just wondering if like a cosmetic item could be like a parrot that you put on your shoulder. That seems like something rare would do.
1: Yeah, so you can't yet I heard that Another mark. Pets, and, and um <laughs> I'm hoping that they would add that when they do eventually add pets. You can get stuff like peg legs and hooks um okay. eye patches, but yeah, no animals, which is sad.
0: That is sad. It sounds like more of a sad game to me now.
1: You have to pay money to
2: get rid of your leg to put a fake leg in? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay.
0: And is it real money or just in-game currency?
1: Oh, it's just in-game currency.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, with that, I'll turn it over next to Brennan. You have the honors now. What you've been um, playing?
2: I've been playing uh, a lot of Near Automata lately, automata? automata. Did you get it off
0: that sale? Uh, I thought yes. was on sale. On sale. Okay. Oh, yeah, Automata yeah. or Automata. I'm not too sure. Who knows? Tomato, tomato.
2: It's it's one of those things where they, at least as far as I am, they haven't said the title of the game in the game yet. So yeah. I, I don't, I don't quite. Well, know I how to pronounce
0: I it. I typically pronounce things wrong. So don't don't worry too much. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. I, I thought. I thought the Skellige Isles and the Witcher Three were the Skelegi Isles, so you can you can feel safe. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, but anyway, yeah, Game of... Game Luster's game of the year. So yeah, go ahead. Yeah, tell us tell us about it.
2: What was it really our game of the year? Um, yes. Uh, I don't know. I, I like it a lot. Um I've finished the first playthrough. I finished the second playthrough the first and the second are if you don't know, are different because you play as, in the first playthrough you play as 2B, the uh, short haired uh, ninja samurai looking girl, and then the second one you play as her scanner 9S, and the first thing right off the bat is um, you don't have a heavy attack anymore because 2B has a heavy and light attack she's got two different weapons, and 9S just has one weapon and then a, a hack mode You can kind of play this little, this cute little mini game that plays like this 8 bit music of whatever's happening in the background, takes the background music, makes it 8 bit. I love that part. I don't know why. It's such a cute little detail. Um, Oh, no, I understand. Play this little shooty uh, mini game, like twin stick shooter thing, uh, and then they just, the robot kind of blows up. Um, Mm. Played through that. I felt like it was kind of a drag playing through the whole game again but I guess that was kind of the appeal, and obviously more narrative. The, the narrative structure's a little better in the second playthrough, um, and I just picked up the third playthrough, and I'm only about, like, ten minutes in, so I haven't really got to experience A2 or the the last character, um, and I'm not really sure how long it goes for. Someone told me that, it, like, you can just keep playing it over and over, like, just hitting continue and having it keep play. But then I had other people tell me, no, it's only got four roots, and then that's it. I'm very confused. I have a lot of questions about the story that need to be answered. Um, But I'm not really, like, I kind of get why it's Game of the Year, but at the same time, I I, I don't. Like, it was, I felt like I just kind of flashed through the game, just kind of button mashing wildly, and... Waiting for something cool to happen, and some of the boss fights are really cool. But a lot of the stuff, I was like, I don't even know what's going on, hoping that it would be explained later. And some of it has, some of it hasn't. Uh, yeah, I don't know.
0: Well, have you? Do you get any feeling that like in, any of the confusion is intentional, and that that could be part of part of the the charm or whatever in the game?
2: Oh. Uh, almost definitely. Because like it's, a like lot it's
0: so so referential or fourth wall breaking, any of that going on?
2: Maybe, yeah, maybe not. I wouldn't a hundred percent fourth. Well, I wouldn't say fourth wall breaking, but so like in the first playthrough, there's a section where you run around an amusement park. And in the end, there's this I don't know, big opera singing uh, metal uh, robot. Uh, they're all robots. Yeah. Um, And she's kind of crazy, she sings a song in the background, and you're like, okay, whatever, it's just a boss. But then as you play through the same section as uh, 9S, immediately when you enter the area, or you kill I think it's when you kill certain areas or like, you kill certain units within an area, you clear a certain cutscene will start playing and kind of bring the, at least in this one scenario, it will bring the boss her character and kind of contextualize it, like there's a flashback of her as a, as a little robot, you know, saying, I want to be beautiful. Uh, why why can't I be beautiful? And um, as, as you progress through the area, more flashbacks and cutscenes start happening. And when you actually get to the boss, you're like, oh, wow, like, this is, I don't know. The, the character seems more fleshed out, and you go, okay, this is the reason why I'm killing this boss. This is why she's gone enraged. This is why she is how she is. Whereas the first playthrough is just some random opera singing robot, and you're like, okay, I'm gonna kill this. But then the second playthrough, you're like, oh, okay, like I understand this a little more. So it's definitely intentional, and they definitely try to pick up the pieces as as it goes on and as it progresses through the the different routes, but I feel like I can't really grasp the game until I've completely finished it. Because I feel like there's a lot of things that will get explained, and I'll be I'm almost afraid to be disappointed that some things won't be dis- uh, explained very well, but that's, you know, something for me to just figure out once I, once I finish it, when I bring myself to do that.
0: <laughs> You're anticipating that one clear goatee moment, that one moment where suddenly it's just click game of the year.
2: Yeah, That, and I'm afraid that I'm just gonna, I don't know, hate it. Be like, oh, well, mm. I don't, uh, did i miss something I, I feel like i'm missing something as i'm playing it to be completely honest with you um i don't i just don't know what it is i i but think I, the soundtrack
0: oh go actually, ahead on the soundtrack because the, the
2: soundtrack's fantastic oh okay my goodness okay uh, i've been listening to it like on my commute to work like on my free time i it's just so symphonic and it's and i don't i haven't really looked up uh, the the musicians or the music behind it. I don't know what language it's in. It's, it seems to be in a different language. It's almost, it almost sounds made up. It's just so interesting. I I, I can, I can listen to it forever. And then when you go into the hacking minigame and it turns like 8-bit, ah, forget about it. I love that stuff. That's amazing.
0: Now, so, so in addition to that then, and perhaps your failure to grasp it, I mean, it could be, maybe that's, more on you than on the game, and that that could be the same with me. I haven't played it myself. I picked Breath of the Wild for Game of the Year, but but in addition to that, so um, have you been playing anything else?
2: I've been playing a lot of The Sims Four. Wow, <laughs> it's my uh,
0: enlighten us.
2: That's it's my guilty pleasure. Oh yeah, oh tell me about it. It's um, it's my guilty pleasure go-to game when I don't feel like playing anything else. I can just. Make stories like uh, I have the expansion where you can make uh, they live in apartments or whatever. So I've just been I kind of picked one apartment building and there's three different I don't know houses that you can pick within each apartment. So I've just been picking one apartment, trying to think of the wackiest scenario that I can come up with, and then pick another house within that apartment and then kind of build on that story. So like. I have a character who's oh, what is he? He's like a he's like an, a, a super author. He makes like a million dollars every day just by all the royalties because he's wow. so good at writing. So he's Stephen King, uh, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. He's just rolling out, just rolling out books like it's no problem. And it's weird how, like, side note in the, in this Sims, The Sims Four, they can write a book in like I don't know, half an hour, an hour. It seems like well, in game time. Like, not actually an hour. In-game, in-sim, in-sim time, it's like half an hour. Are like other, other... Well, sorry.
0: Well, maybe you're about to answer this, but is that comparable to other activities in the game? Is, um, is everything shortened down?
2: I wouldn't... I don't know if everything's shortened down. Um, I wouldn't say so. Like, I know that, like... Like, I think doing painting is the same and doing most of the other activities... the same, I could be wrong, it's been a while since I've played Sims 2 or 3 um, but all I remember is that in Sims 3 if you were to make a book it would take like days, it would like be somewhat realistic where it would take like a day or two to make a book and then be able to live off of that where in Sims 4 it's like, oh you can make like 8 books a day and just live off the royalties and you're like, okay it's just, it's pretty easy but um yeah, and his his roommate is uh, is an alien. He uh okay. crash-landed on he crash-landed on Earth and he has no way of making it back, so he I made him a programmer and I have him often hack into the Sims government thing where he makes money, but hopefully at the same time he's trying to find uh, a way back home. <laughs> but he's also grown accustomed to living with my character and his other wacky neighbors like I made one. Uh, they they had an update where it's like vampires. So I tried making a vampire. Mm-hmm. See how that goes out. Um, uh, it's just annoying because I made him a. Uh, I wanted to make him a musician, and um, he's pretty much only good in the nighttime. Like that's.
0: Well, that makes sense.
2: Yeah, yeah <laughs> right. So, uh, so he'll be practicing his piano at night, and the neighbors will come over and be like, "Hey, you're making too much noise," and they just Man, it they must... have like. It must <laughs> stink really to be old. a
0: vampire musician.
2: Yeah, it's I'm, I'm learning that it is. It's I very mean, if difficult. you're a
0: vampire and you do anything that make noise, life is rough for you.
2: <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> it's like I'm just resorting to
0: I mean, you either <laughs> have to to give up sleep and find a really big coffin or you have to annoy everyone around you.
2: I pretty much just annoy everyone around me. I think he's like the one neighbor that everyone just hates.
0: The vampire hate. should be the rider.
2: The vampire should be vampires should vampires can write yeah.
0: at night. I mean, that's what vampires should do. The vampire should be the, the writer the, or the or the blood. hacker.
2: Oh, I, didn't I mean, yeah,
0: that. sucking blood too. But I mean, when they're not doing that.
2: Oh, he still does that. Okay. He, um, <laughs> they have this weird scenario where, like, if you're good friends with someone, you can like ask other Sims to drink their blood, or you could just like command them to drink their blood, and then they'll pass out. So I just make him like, just just suck the blood out of all my, my the people that live around me, and it's like I don't have to I don't have to worry about my my food source. It's just it's, it's True. my neighbors.
1: <laughs> it sounds to me like you're playing Sims the way it should be played. The last one I played was Sims One, and I just made houses. I would do the Rosebud cheat to get just tons of money, and I would just mm. like make my dream house, and you know I. Could care, or couldn't care less about the uh, inhabitants, but um, Sims 4 sounds really cool. It's not,
2: it's like, I don't know how to explain it. It's definitely not my favorite, um, but I think they have a lot of improvements um, that just, I don't know, it, it's, I can't explain why I like it. I know that, that a lot of people wouldn't agree and they, they say that they don't like it, uh, but I just. I'm a sucker for it i don't I don't know and and to to your point, I used to play like that uh when I was very little. I like grew up on the Sims um I would just make houses or, or find wacky ways to kill my sims, you know oh like, man I, I didn't want to say it, and... but
1: you brought it up and i <laughs> I would make like haunted houses with like twenty <laughs> graves and then I'd make people live in it and it was it was hilarious.
2: I love that it's so much fun. But it wasn't only. It was only until like a couple of years ago where I was like, maybe I should actually play this game the way it's supposed to be played and like see how difficult it is to to start from the bottom, have nothing, and it's not. It's it's not bad. It's there's there's some career paths like I mentioned, like being a writer, It's just uh, overpowered. That's <laughs> a weird a weird turn to describe a, a, a career path in Sims because it's very real life much was like that. Yeah right. Like people always talk about you know like, violent video games teaching people how to you know shoot people, and it's like I just want Sims, just want life to be like Sims. Or if I just do something a hundred thousand times, I I'm just the best at it. if I go to work every day, I'll just get promoted every two days. <laughs> but it just it doesn't work like
1: that at all. If only
0: Sims freelance games journalists are rolling in it. <laughs>
1: Guilty
2: pleasures. Other than that, nah. No, um, I don't. I don't want to take time away from uh, from Trevor, but a game that I've been thinking about playing, thinking about picking up, currently with, thinking. Uh, yeah, currently. Th- currently
0: thinking about yeah. What are what are you currently thinking about?
2: Uh, this might bring down some hate, but Uh-oh. I'm honestly thinking about playing Star Wars Battlefront Two. Um. Because of their latest update, as of uh, the twenty first, I believe they, uh, according to these changes, they said that they got rid of all loot boxes. You can't pay for anything with real money anymore that isn't cosmetic, and that's not even rolling out until April. They made all the characters free and unlocked right at the beginning, like right at level one. You don't have to play a million matches to play Darth Vader, um, and it's twenty five dollars. Like
1: it's on sale wow. right now, so that's a steal in my opinion. So, I, I actually got the game.
2: Yeah? And, uh, and, and you, you played the
1: update? No. Well, <laughs> I did sell it because I needed money uh, for other <laughs> games. But now I'm kind of <laughs> regretting sense. it because of all these updates. You know, I think the hate for it was warranted, but also um, it kind of detracted from some of the strong points of the game. Hmm. Um, it's just fun to play. I... It's not super competitive, which is good for me because I get very competitive when I'm playing, like, Overwatch or uh, Halo and it just kind of ruins it for me. Um, you know, it's pretty casual, but, um, if you're a fan of Star Wars, then you'll love it because it just looks great, it sounds great. Um, I haven't really run into many bugs when I did play it, so that's not really a problem. And, um... The maps are huge and there's a lot more content it, i don't know if you played battlefront one but i um, did yes yeah. yeah so you know that there was a huge lack of content um yeah. but now it has like 10 to 12 maps um jakku the the planet from the new movie was a really cool map um you, you'll like it when you play it if you do get it it's it's a lot like the movie in that it's just, like, super flat and <laughs> rebels are getting slaughtered. But, um, yeah, it, it, I had a lot of fun with it. But once again, you know, playing with friends, that's always the way to go for these types yeah. of things. Yeah, um, yeah Playing solo, it, it's also pretty good. But, um, you know, if you can, like, work together with your friends, then you can actually have a lot of fun with it.
2: Hmm. Yeah, no, I'll definitely keep that in mind. Thank you for that input. I appreciate it.
0: Hmm. Alright, well then I guess I guess that it falls to me then to talk about what I've currently been playing. And I've I've been doing one of the games that Austin mentioned, I've also been playing as well, Amid Evil. And it was developed by Indefatigable, which is an indie game studio uh, based in New Zealand. And published by New Blood Interactive. And they also published Dusk, which is the throwback shooter from uh, yesteryear in August that went into early access. And a medieval and and Austin touched on this, but the best way to describe it is it's heretic-flavored quake. It's like if you took quake and meshed it with heretic, or you took, like, a quake cake and put on heretic frosting. Like that's a medieval. It's
1: delicious. Yes. The quake cake.
0: <laughs> yes. It is delicious. Or the, the quake um toaster strudel with heretic frosting, you know, whichever way.
1: <laughs> oh man, you're making me hungry.
0: Yes. Quake waffles with heretic powdered sugar. Ooh.
1: <laughs> quake cereal and heretic milk.
0: Yes. A Quake Burger with Heretic Fries. A Quake Cookie with Heretic Chocolate Chips. Uh,
2: uh,
1: that's... No, nah, I can't I can't great. think
0: of any. A Quake Pig with a Heretic Blanket.
1: Hey, know, a that's good
0: a good one. Yeah. Yep, <laughs> it is a good one. A Quake Hot Dog with a Heretic Bun.
2: You know, I was going to say that, but I...
0: Oh, you backed see. out? Yeah. <laughs> <Ugh. laughs> Oh well. Quake jelly, with heretic peanut butter.
1: Yeah, I'd take that. Uh. Sounds good.
0: Mhm. So there you go. But yeah. Anyway. Um. So a medieval. Yeah. Developed by indefatigable. It's their first game, and they describe it as a fantasy action FPS, and basically it's a throwback first-person shooter with a fantasy or medieval. A medieval, ha, huh? um, but a medieval setting. And it's it's similar to, to Dusk and also Ion Maiden. Those are two recent games that went into early access as well that are both throwback shooters. But Dusk is more like Blood or or Doom. But it does have some Quake, quake elements in it. Ion Maiden, of course, is more like Duke Nukem 3D. And then Dusk is also like Redneck Rampage. It's a lot like that as well. But of, of these three, Dusk, Iron Maiden, and A Medieval, my favorite has been A Medieval because it's the most like Quake of the three. Um, and you can tell as soon as you start, not just from the menu being like Quakes, but the difficulty selection is just like Quakes. You're actually in a map and you have different hallways to select for easy, normal, and hard. And each one has a different obstacle to get by and of course the easy hallway is just a straight hallway and I'm wondering of course where's nightmare mode but oh, it started you did? yeah <laughs> really I mean don't tell um, me I I, I I, want to find it myself but I love like I was even thinking maybe there's not a nightmare mode but now that there is like that's awesome
1: yeah um, I think it's called evil mode which okay. is basically the same thing um, if you're going down the hallway for the hard mode Um, I think if you're looking at it straight ahead, um, you look to the left, you want to get on that ledge. That's probably the best way I can describe it. You'll Mm -hmm. probably be able to find out once you, um, actually do it. And, um, it's kind of like to the right and there's a hole and then you drop down, uh, you unlock it. Awesome. But you can also do that cheat that makes you levitate, which I didn't do, but that's always an option.
0: Yeah, and, and and speaking of cheats, so you can't bring down the console by hitting tilde, but if you look in the menu they have a cheats menu that tells you the codes and you just type in the codes while the game's running. No no tilde key required. And I, I tried out fly mode and stuff and, and no clip's coming soon in an update and I love that they had no clip mode in the cheat menu and then like coming soon or something written next to it because like when me, when I think cheats, it's like no clip, you know, I gotta do that or you know, ghost mode or whatever it's called. So I love yes. seeing, I love seeing that. And now, as Austin referenced as well, you you have access to three episodes now. It's the the early access campaign or preview campaign, and the full version is just coming. Its date is Q three or quarter three twenty eighteen, and but you can get this preview campaign on Steam and Good Old Games, and we I, I talked about the difficulty selection being like Quake. The movement is like quakes. Uh, you can strafe jump, you can rocket jump or in the case of a medieval planet jump because the rocket launcher type weapon is a celestial claw that what's the description? It it pulls it, like it pulls planets from space and time and shrinks them down so that you can shoot them at foes. I mean
1: and you can shoot Earth. Don't yes, forget that. <laughs>
0: yes, you can Earth jump. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so you can rocket jump with the planet Earth. So, yeah, definitely an awesome game. Which makes me wonder, like, what if it pulled the planet that the game takes place on? Like, does the the weapon know not to do that? What if it accidentally pulled that planet? Would the game just end? uh,
1: That would not be good.
0: (laughs) No. It would not be. Like, what if you had that weapon on Earth, and it pulled Earth? Like, would the world just disappear around you, or would... Would the weapon have like advanced programming? I was thinking where it creates a copy of the planet you're on. It's like, oh, it reads, oh, this is the planet the wielder is on, so let me make a copy of it. You know? And then on that little planet, would you be standing with the gun? I mean, it's a lot to think about.
1: Yeah, that's, that's really deep.
0: Yes. A lot it, to think about.
1: It's good that you mentioned the weapons because I think that's the best part about the game. Yes. Other than the level design, um, which I also think is great. The weapons are. Very much like Heretic or Hexen, um, which is my favorite classic FPS. And um, they're all really different. They all do different things. And I don't think any of them, um, other than maybe the wand, feel useless to me. Um, And even then, it has its uses.
0: Yeah, the wand, until you got the trident weapon, the wand was useful because it was the only projectile weapon you had because of course you start with the axe and then you get the sword or the whisper's edge and it, it shoots energy when you swing it so it's kind of a projectile weapon too but then you get the wand and it's the only like gun type weapon you have that just shoots things so it's useful but then once you get the trident or the voltride um once you get that weapon the wand yeah it kind of becomes obsolete yeah Unless
1: um, yes you're going into it
0: yeah, and unless I was going to say you get the soul mode activated, that little overcharge mode thing, then the wand can be pretty powerful. And that it's, mode... Oh, go ahead.
1: Uh, it's had the most use for me in the uh, endless mode because you, you're not always going to get the trident, so...
0: And I I even like just using the axe in the overpower mode because it, it shoots out in front of you and you start spinning it like a propeller.
1: Yeah, it's, and it's I, amazing.
0: Yes, I like just using it, just busting enemies apart. And and the interesting thing is, I love this. I saw in a tweet from the developers that they updated the game, and they said, due to popular demand, they added in the ability to when you're using the axe with that supercharge mode in water, it actually acts like a propeller. And then I <laughs> went to the game and tried oh it out, and God. it was like, wow, I this is a propeller now. It's funny... Like I didn't think of that. It's just so great to know that there was popular demand among a medieval players, people who thought, "Hey, let's ask the developers to make this act like a propeller underwater." Like, yeah,
1: I, um, <laughs> I think the developers are great. They're like listening to yes. everything. They're they're shooting out updates uh, pretty frequently for early access, and they're really receptive to feedback. And I think that's very telling. I think it's gonna be a great game just because they're able to listen and. um you know follow what feedback players are giving them
0: and and you can tell that the developers understand or or listen to what fans say because this is exactly what you want if you want a throwback shooter and and like on the weapons there's also the Aeternum or the most powerful weapon you can get which is basically like the bfg from doom i mean have you used that one that the most powerful weapon in the game as in its current build
1: Yes, and it shoots out uh black holes once it's powered up, which Really.
0: really I, I don't know weird. if yeah. I don't know if I've used it in that state.
1: Yeah, it's you just have to try it.
0: <laughs> I will. But yeah, like at normal mode, it's it's like the BFG. And and then you mentioned the Star of Torment, the the mace thing that you have that shoots out little crystal shards. And that actually um That reminds me of something not from a classic 90s FPS, but from Painkiller. I don't know if you've done that, but there's a a crossbow kind of weapon in Painkiller that pins enemies to the wall. And it's so satisfying because, like, as soon as you shoot out the little bolt, the enemy is just pinned against the wall dangling on it, and it makes the greatest sound, and it's just the most, and you, like, jump up and aim it and angle it. To like pin down their head on the floor or pin them on their foot, you know it, it. And now, of course, this sounds messed up, but you know we're talking about like grim reapers and skeletons. I mean, and and the yeah, bomb trying to kill you, yeah. So they deserve it, yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know, I mean, in skeletons, you know, come on, and grim reapers, you know. But anyway, and that's what the Star of Torment acts like in a medieval. You're just you can use it to just pin enemies against the wall, and it feels great. Great noises, too. And the axe, too. The axe, the first weapon you start with, feels very satisfying to use.
1: Yeah, um, in addition to the weapon design, just like the sound design overall, they, they really nailed it so far. And the soundtrack is really, really good.
0: Yes. Andrew Holschult, who also did the soundtrack in Dusk, and I believe in the 2013 Rise of the Triad remake, he does the music and the sounds and this, and it is really good really good job. I like the music because of course in dusk you get music. That's mostly synthesized rock kind of throwing back to the quake two soundtrack or whatever. But in a medieval, you get a lot of synthesized orchestral music or like, um, what am I trying to think of? Like, well, I can't think of it now, but like, like a fairy tale in the desert kind of sound to it or whatever, you know, like, like, um, like A Thousand Nights and Flying Carpets. I don't know. I mean, something like that. You yeah. really get that vibe at points.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think, like, um, each each episode has, like, a different theme to it. Uh, in addition to the level design, like, the music itself is pretty different.
0: Yeah, I kind of picked up on that, too. And, I mean, I don't have any definitive descriptions to give here, but I got that vibe, and it seemed like the the last episode I did, Episode 3... The levels were larger and, well, I mean, it was a lot harder for one. And it felt like it, it was more like a, a Middle Eastern or Arabic-style medieval design to it in, in that episode.
1: Yeah, um, I kind of got like a Mayan vibe to it. Oh, yeah, that know? too.
0: That Yeah, that's what I was trying to think of as well. Kind like of
1: a, Indiana Jonesy. Yeah. Um, especially with the enemies. I mean, that's pretty clear what it's inspired by.
0: Yeah, and I think now that you say that, I'm thinking that like the second episode was more the Arabic or Middle Eastern style of medieval fantasy, and then that third episode was more like Ziggurats and you know Mayan or, or or Aztec or you know whatever. As I commit all kinds of cultural offenses here, but you know <laughs> like it it had more of that vibe to it.
1: Yeah, and then I guess the first episode is pretty pretty standard medieval fantasy, yeah. but. It's still really cool.
0: Yes. Still really cool. And, you know, it's got silver and gold keys to unlock doors, um you hit switches and sequences to unlock stuff. There are power-ups like flight or invisibility. So just a lot of things that throw back to Quake and and others of its kind. And of course, then you have Heretic and and as Austin mentioned Hexen as well. I'm not I have played Hexen and Hexen 2 but not as much as Heretic. So I am slightly familiar with those. Well, like, I know the mana pickups in a medieval, how you have different colored mana for the weapon ammo. That's out of Hexen.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think, um, in addition to Quake, I think you can pick your level in a hub area as well in Hexen.
0: Okay. I See, I, I can't remember that. I've, it's I've, been a while for me, too. Yeah, I, I just played... Hexen and Hexen Two a few years ago. I, I hadn't played them back in their original time period, but I, I played them through Steam a few years ago. Just anywhere from five to ten hours for each, if, if not less. So I, I couldn't. I couldn't say, but I, I do know it does throw back to those as much as Heretic and Quake, and and so the the only other thing I would want to mention. Is Well, we did talk about the soul power, where you collect, after you kill an enemy, their their soul appears and you collect that, and it fills up a meter. And then when the meter's full, the the next time you shoot, it activates an overcharged or or overkill mode, where all the weapons become more powerful. And that actually, I don't think, now I can't speak to Hexen, but I know there's nothing like that in Quaker Heretic. That actually throws back again to Painkiller. Actually,
1: um... You know, there's like a tome of power in heretic. I think it's called.
0: I do remember right? that. Yeah, yeah, um, one of the and items,
1: it, and it, you know, powers up any weapon. And it has like a unique effect, and I think that's kind of what it's trying to do there. Yes, but I could be wrong.
0: No, you're right. Um, I mean, the only difference there would be in in a medieval, it's a power that you get and in heretic. It's an item that you can use at any time. But yeah, you're right. I I remember that now that it has heretic has the um. What'd you call it? The tome of I can't remember I think what it's, it's called. Called the tome of power. Tome of power? Okay. Well, that would make sense. Um, but yeah, it, and you use it, and it gives each weapon a new, a new form, a new more powerful form to use. But yeah, so um, there are the game isn't great, and I did I I played this game actually I I did play it for Tech Raptor um, and I wrote my impressions piece there, but. There were some flaws in it. Now, it is an early access, so this isn't like, you know, um, condemning the game by any means. But I'd like to hear your take on the visuals, Austin, because, and I read some others who echoed my feelings. I kind of, I wasn't too into the visuals. Like, at first, it almost made me feel kind of motion sick. It seemed like a combination of 3D polygonal graphics like in Quake. And then they wanted to try to go for this low-resolution, pixelated look. But it just didn't work for me. It came off as kind of looking sickening almost. Like things were just kind of hard to make out. I mean, what it felt like there wasn't a definable art style in the game. Like it needs some work. But but what's, what did you think of the visuals, Austin?
1: For me, um, and I, I saw a lot of people that also echoed your opinion, but I really liked the visuals. Um, I mean, I can understand how the filter, I think they probably put a filter on it. You know, it, it has that weird pixely grainy mm-hmm. effect i can see how that's like disorientating and and um can be sickening for me um i actually really liked it i didn't really have much of a problem with it um but then again i mean you know i i try to look things look at things critically but sometimes i just like really like a game and i'm really enjoying a medieval so um i can't say i have a complaint as far as visuals go but what you can do is in the cheats, you can adjust colors and, you know, there might be some other options. If you could play around with that, it might actually look better. And I think they just added a full color mode. So I did I see know. that. Yeah, I don't know what kind of effect it's going to have, um, you know, for people who weren't so keen on the graphic style. But, um, you know, at least there's options to mess around with it and maybe tune it more to something that you would like to play.
0: Yeah, and I need to look into those, and I'm I'm hoping there's something I could find to kind of tone down that effect. But needless to say, I did get used to it. After playing like an hour or so, I got used to it. It wasn't making me feel sick anymore, though. I do feel like they could be refined, but maybe I could tweak them. And And the one other thing I wanted to note is the feel of the mouse. What did you think about the feel of the mouse, if anything, out of the ordinary?
1: well since i'm fairly new to um classic or old school fps's you know i've been going through them i can't really say how it is in reference to older games um as much as somebody like you who's more experienced with them um i didn't really mess with the sensitivity options i thought that it was fine for me and i i could you know aim the uh planets fairly well which acts a lot like uh rocket launcher in those games where Mm -hmm. you kind of have to um use movement to get it angled correctly um yeah no no complaints for me really then again um i could see how other people have the same (laughs) issue as well you know i i I try to look at both issues and and um have you been able to adjust it to your liking well
0: i need to do some more adjusting like Admittedly, to preface my complaint, I could do some more tweaking, but my initial feeling at default settings, the mouse way dragged for me. It was like I was really straining to move it, and it wasn't just that the sensitivity was low, it just felt weird. And I wish I could use a more correct term, maybe if I was one of those pro Quake players who like can talk all day long about a mouse's sensitivity, or the mouse yaw, or the mouse pitch, or mouse acceleration... I could have some more informed insight here. I can't talk into those details, but I can say my initial feeling was like the mouse moved like it was a bad PC port of a console game. Now I did turn up the sensitivity, and that helped, but it still just felt off. It didn't have like that directness or that smoothness that, like, say, Dust has that really throws back to to Quake, especially especially when you bump the sensitivity up. But again, I could always do some more tweaking into it myself to give a more informed opinion. But that was my one other beef with the game. It was the visuals and then the mouse movement and the mouse look. But overall, I did like it a lot.
1: Yeah, you know, just a quick question because one of my issues with it was, um, did you notice that the hitbox on your character was kind of large?
0: I, I don't know if you got that feeling. Well, I didn't get that feeling. I did at times when, like, the little flying Medusa head things or whatever they are, you know, those really annoying enemies. Every FPS game has to have its little annoying flying things that bug the heck out of you. But <laughs> yep. when those things would get up on me in a group, I felt like they were just destroying me with beyond reason. So is that what you're getting at?
1: When I would walk up to, like, a pickup and there would be fire next to it, um, it would seem like I was far enough away that it wouldn't hurt me, but it did. And I mean, this is pretty minor, but it still felt a little off to me. And I think um the last boss that I fought when he was lobbing rocks at me, it was kind of I don't know. I felt like I shouldn't have gotten hit when I did get hit, but um I mean maybe I'm just bad I can at dodging. <laughs> I
0: can now. I can see what you're saying. Um, I can see what you're saying. I haven't read what anyone else has said about that. And that last boss was pretty difficult, I have to say.
1: What difficulty did you end up playing on?
0: The the medium.
1: Yeah. Um, I thought that it was a fair challenge. I'm kind of excited to go back and play on harder difficulties, especially when they release uh, more episodes.
0: Yeah, and, and the funny thing is talking about the hallway selections for the difficulty at the start, I actually thought the hallway to get to medium mode was harder than the hard way to get the the hallway to get to hard mode. Cause to get to medium you have to kinda of pull off a strafe jump to get across a gap. And then to get to hard mode you just like jump up and down some blocks that are moving up and down. It wasn't too difficult.
1: Yeah. Um <laughs> I think it's kinda of funny that they, they do that though in and- and, it's a neat
0: inclusion. and it'll have a message like if you fail to get to the normal portal or the hard portal it'll have a message that's like maybe this wasn't your destined path or maybe this mode wasn't meant for you and that made it seem like to me hard mode was my destined path because medium was harder <laughs> to get to <laughs> but I wanted Especially to play on medium. Good. Well I, did I cut anyone off there it sounded like someone was about to say something.
1: I don't know. I just said, uh, it basically, when you get that message, it's just telling you to get good, you
0: know. Yeah. To- <laughs> yeah, like, too long didn't read, get good. Well, anyway, that's a medieval, and I did also want to note another game that I very briefly played because it's similar Dusk. I've mentioned it. I have played the first episode last year and wrote an impressions piece on it for Game Luster, but just last night, I started the second episode. I hadn't done it yet. It, it was released and updated to it a while ago. And the second episode is, is much harder than the first because in Dusk, like in a medieval, I'm playing on the medium difficulty. Now, Dusk has five difficulty options, so it's not equivalent, but I am playing on the middle one, um, the the third out of five difficulty. And I was able to get through the first episode pretty capably, but... The second episode, I played it for like fifteen to twenty minutes last night, and I kept getting killed over and over again at the opening. And and part of it is there's a new enemy type. Of course, dust takes part in like rural area, whatever, and you're finding a bunch of you know hillbillies and all that sort of thing, and cultists and mutated cows and stuff, and then farmlands and stuff. But then the second episode, there and they, they were introduced at the end of the first episode, but you start finding these soldiers, you know, like kind of half-lifestyle that are talking on their radios or whatever. So it could just be more difficult enemies, but maybe I was just too tired. But I kept getting destroyed, and I I stopped. And I did see that they added a whole lot more graphical tweaks in Dusk that I need to explore. So between that and a medieval and Ion Maiden... I mean, it's like a lot of really great throwback shooters and actual throwback shooters, not Strafe, which had false marketing, not the Doom 2016 re-release, which was a great game, but not really a throwback shooter, and not, you know, Painkiller or Serious Sam that were ostensibly throwback shooters, but not really. No, these three games are actual throwback shooters, so it's exciting. They're all fun. No, I mean. Yeah. Oh, go ahead.
1: Oh, I I hope to uh, pick up Ion Maiden soon because, especially, I mean, it's really authentic just because it's on the old 3D Realms engine. I forget. Yes. What the it's build. Called. Build. Yeah, which I think is really cool. Um, yes. And obviously, it it's probably modified a bit, but um, it looks really cool. So I can't wait to play that.
0: I wish they would make like even a medieval. I wish that one of these companies would make a throwback shooter on a highly modified quake engine like that would be really cool
1: yeah that would be
0: i mean i'm thinking of like the mods for quake and even bits of the quake code are in actual modern current day game engines like i remember reading somewhere that even like the the engine behind call of duty 4 or whatever had bits of the quake code in it like that that code has survived a lot of you know of course written by john carmack and michael abrash One of the most refined game engines in gaming history was the Quake One engine. It's had the heck modded out of it, so I would love to see like a new, fully a game just fully built on a modified Quake One engine come out. That would be cool.
1: Yeah. Oh, I agree definitely.
0: So anyway, um, we've got we had Game Listers Game of the Year. We had Pirates and Sea of Thieves, throwback shooters. A lot of great games all around. But, before we close out this episode, this number 10, Game Luster Podcast 10, I have five headlines I'd like to shoot out to you two and get a quick little reaction, if you don't mind.
2: Not at all, sure.
0: Excellent. So, we'll do a shortened, a short little version here of Newsreel Shootout Cold Reaction, and I'll just call... One of you at random. It's it's not as interesting with just two as I noted last time. But anyway, here goes. System Shock's remake back on track. Delayed till 2020. Austin.
1: Doesn't sound like it's back on track, but I hope one day I might be able to play it.
0: Yeah, delayed till 2020 does not equal back on track. It equals <laughs> the old track has been leveled. And now they're in the process of constructing a new track because they completely screwed up. Exactly. So yeah, yes. Night dive could use a little twenty twenty hindsight. Ha. Huh. Okay.
1: <laughs> uh, that's good.
0: All right. Youtuber accidentally recreates Ready Player One while attempting to catalog nerd references in Ready Player One. Brennan.
2: Wait. What he. What?
0: (laughs) Super Mario Galaxy out now on NVIDIA Shield, but only in China, Brennan.
2: Oh man, you gotta go back to China. You gotta go to China.
0: If you have an NVIDIA Shield. Yeah. Now now that is an eleven year old port in the making. It took eleven years for that game to get to NVIDIA Shield. It makes
2: it only in China. That's
0: so weird. Anyway, it makes Halo 2 on the PC seem dignified. That's all I have to say. (laughs) Next. Oh, man. (laughs) Next. Here's how to complete Far Cry 5 in 10 minutes, if you absolutely must for some reason. Austin.
1: Speedrunners are going to have a really good time with that game.
0: And finally, here's another... Get your giraffe in your backpack, because the Adventure Pals releases in early April. Austin.
1: Um I actually kind of know that developer, so I'll be keeping an eye on that one.
0: Hmm. Okay. I prefer Bregals myself, if I'm putting anything in my backpack.
1: Uh, give me one second. Yeah, I'm sure you can cut that bit out, but my dog just threw up, so... <laughs>
0: oh, wow. Well, you know... <laughs> But we're about to wrap up here, so you can attend to that, but that's actually not too bad of a thing. We've had dogs bark, um, I think, even once Rachel barked, so um dog stuff <laughs> going on, animal noise is perfectly acceptable on the game Lister podcast. Right. maybe it would have even enhanced it to get that noise on the podcast um
1: yeah i don't, I don't know about that it wasn't a very good sound
0: okay, well, who knows? I mean, we've had birds tweeting as well, we've had roosters, um all sorts of things. But anyway, so that, that wraps up Newsreel Shootout, and you've got a little problem to attend to. So with yes. that, we will wrap up the Game Luster Podcast episode 10. Uh, thank you, Austin. Thank you, Brennan. Um, it's been a great number 10. Tune in next time.